everyone. Welcome back to the Dwell Podcast. Ashley and Abby here, and we are so thankful to have Ashley back. Ashley, we are so glad mm-hmm. that you're feeling better and that you've gotten some good rest and family time. Absolutely. I, there was a there's a brief moment there when I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will say I feel a lot better um, now after, you know, just some different medicine and getting away and resting. I told Drew, my husband, that so from now on, anytime I'm sick, he's going to have to take me to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> because that's yes. obviously what cured me. <laughs> yes. I agree with that. I was recently at the beach as well, and there was a shirt there that said salt water cures everything. It's true. And I was like, man, I should have bought that shirt because I'm a firm believer that it does, in fact, cure all things. Absolutely. And I'm a much nicer person when I'm tan. Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, it's there's something real about it. Well, it's like your body is, like, soaking up all of that sunshine, and you just feel better, I think. Yep, yep, yep. I agree. Oh, good. All right, friends. Well, let's go ahead, and we're going to just do a little recap, and then Ashley is going to read for us for our diving portion. But if you remember from last week, we finished up Acts chapter 6. Um, We read 17 through 42, which was quite a big chunk, Um, but we saw that the apostles were arrested and were tried in court, Um, but some of the things that we talked about is that the angel visited them and told them, listen, you have a message of life to speak to people, Hmm. and so God was to free them from prison to which they went to the temple and they proclaimed one second Jack, my doggy was moving around and his collar is very noisy. <laughs> um, but anyway, so God used angels to free them from prison and they went straight to the temple to proclaim life. Um, and there we, here we see like the Sadducees, the, the high court. I'm just making sure I got their names right. Actually, because, <laughs> I always get the the names of like the religious officials mixed up. Yeah, and I always laugh because my dad is a youth minister and he did a lesson one time on the Sadducees. Uh-huh. And, and all I can ever think of is and they're sad, you see. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, they're yeah, okay, it is the Sadducees. And so basically they were getting on to the apostles and saying, We told you not to not to preach and not to heal in the name of Jesus. And then the apostles say something really profound and um, convicting, which is basically that they're going to obey God rather than men. Um, And what we kind of talked about is that God gave them the power to preach repentance and forgiveness of sins. And that those two things only come from Jesus, right? We don't get repentance um, on our own merit. We don't get forgiveness on our own merit. It is totally a gift from God. And they knew that and they were obedient to preach that message, even in the face of adversity. They were um, beaten, but we saw that they had joy even in the midst of their suffering. 
And we kind of wrapped up that discussion last week, just realizing that God is such a cool God, because even in the midst of immense hardship, he can somehow bring joy out of our suffering seasons. Um, So what a good God we serve. And that now brings us to Acts chapter 6. So Ashley, if you are ready, let's Let's dive dive in. in. get reading um, Acts chapter 6. We're going to go 1 through 7. In, in those days, as the disciples were increasing in number, there arose a complaint by the Hellenistic Jews against the Hebraic Jews that their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution. The twelve summoned the whole company of the disciples and said, It would not be right for us to give up preaching the word of God to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom, whom we can appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole company. So they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a convert from Antioch. They had them stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly in number, and a large group of priests became obedient to the faith. Mm. Amen. God me too because it's like and and I love reading it out loud um and just if you guys who are listening if you've never taken time to read your Bible out loud even if it's just you in the room I just think it does something I don't know I just always feel something shift in me me too (laughs) me too Well, let's go ahead and we're going to wait. And then at the end, we will um, talk about what we're going to be writing and dwelling on as far as like our key passage of scripture this week. Mm -hmm. And I am reading out of the ESV Bible. So mine's a little bit different, but obviously the same message is being proclaimed. So starting in verse one. Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. Um, I wanted to pause here and just kind of provide some clarification on the difference between um, the Hellenists and the Hebrews. And I liked, Ashley, how your Bible actually put worded it because I think it helps clear it up would you mind reading it again yeah that first um just the first verse yeah in those days as the disciples were increasing in number there arose a complaint by the Hellenistic Jews against the Hebraic Jews that their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution perfect 
So basically what we're seeing is up until this point, um, you know, the church has been growing in Jerusalem. And so the only people that we are seeing are, are Jewish people. However, there is a little bit of a divide, if you want to use that word, um, between the Hellenistic Jews and the Hebraic Jews. So the Hellenistic Jews were Greek-speaking Jews from the diaspora, and they um, lived outside of Palestine. Um, not Palestine. Oh, Jerusalem. gosh. Palestine. Oh, <laughs> you can tell I'm from East Texas. Palestine. Go Palestine. Let's go to Little Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. It's so bad. Anyways, they were living outside of Palestine. Um, and so just naturally, there's going to be just a language barrier there because the Hebraic Jews were those who were living inside of Palestine, speaking Aramaic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're, even though they're, they're both kind of coming from a, a sort of a common background, there's been enough time and life circumstance that there is still a little bit of a disconnect between language, maybe even slight cultural um, differences. But now these two groups of Jews are coming together in this new church that's being formed. Um, and so, and I think yeah. it's important to point out, um, that this is the first time in Acts that Luke calls the believers disciples. Um, and he, he never actually uses the term disciple to refer to the 12. He always calls them the apostles or, um, in this, in this passage, he calls them the 12. Um, but when he yeah. says disciples, he's referring to the church as a whole. That's so, so good. Yeah, recognizing that just, you know, we are disciples. We are called to be disciples and mm-hmm. and make disciples. And so I think that that, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just growing to love Luke so much. <laughs> I just, I think it's so interesting. And I think part of that is because of, he is very intentional with his word. Yeah. And I, I don't know, sometimes I probably read too much into it, but I love it. Love, love, no, love it. I think that is good. Um, because there's a lot of terms that we kind of throw around in the church and in Christian culture. And sometimes I even get confused. I'm like, wait, is there a difference between <laughs> apostles, disciples, you know, all that kind of stuff, just because you kind of hear it so much, but we don't always take the time to really sit down and contextually look at what mm. the author of, you know, a given book of the Bible is re- referring to or talking about. So I think that's great. And it does. If we kind of take on that identity, you know, of we are disciples or mm. disciples of Christ, but then, you know, in being a disciple, the idea is to make more disciples And so it kind of just reminds us that we're not just like idle believers in Jesus. Like there is, there is more to it. Right. So that's really good. Okay. Um, So moving on to verse two and the 12 summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore brothers pick out from among you, Seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and wisdom, 
who we will appoint to this duty. Mm. I, I love this. Me too. So much. <laughs> you share with, share with, uh, share with me your thoughts, Ashley. And then, um, I probably will tag, tag team off of you. Right. Um, well for me, I think it's so important, um, to note that as believers, you know, we're called to be part of the body, right? And yeah. that we all have certain giftings that we're called to use um, to glorify God. And, and in this sense, you can, you can be tempted to read this the wrong way, but in reading it the correct way, they're, the, the 12 are not saying, listen, this is a, less, you know, a lesser task. They're right. saying our primary, our primary task given from the, from God is to preach and right. we're, we're preaching, we're out doing that. However, um, there's another calling. And so we need, mm-hmm. we need people to take up this task. And so I just think it, it's so important to recognize that we have different giftings and different callings and, but they're working together for the same purpose. And, and yeah. that's, that's important to find, not only to find your calling, what God's calling you to do, but also to find people to, to work on mission with that you can, you know, complement each other. Yeah, that's so good. And I, I, that speaks to me and you guys, I, I think it, I just want to even kind of get personal with this and share a brief, I guess, look into Ashley and I's life. I mean, because I think sometimes you read the Bible and you're like, oh, that's great for them. You know, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, how, and we kind of forget that it applies to us even today as disciples, as believers. And, you know, Ashley and I are, are in a season where we're learning how to do this, you know? <laughs> so it's like the Bible is, I love that verse that says the Bible is useful for teaching, rebuking and training in righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cool thing about God's word being living and breathing is that no matter what season of life you're in, no matter what circumstance, this, this good book, this Bible, this word of God counsels and teaches and rebukes and trains us, you know? And so I just, I just think it's encouraging because it it speaks to our life even now, you know, however many years and years and years later. But and and how encouraging is it that we don't have to have the same gifts? You know, yeah. I think I think I think the enemy always tries to let comparison creep in, especially amongst disciples, because if you're stuck comparing yourself to someone else, especially if you're running on mission with them, then there's going to be, I think, more problems than there are, um, how do I say it, like victories, right? Because right. you're more focused on, well, I'm not like them. I wish I was like them rather than saying like, this is what God has given me to do and I'm going to be obedient to that and I'm going to run full force with it, which that's when we're all doing that then the church is just like bound to grow, you know? Mm. So good. Okay. Verse five. (laughs) And what they said, pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy spirit 
and Philip and I don't know how to say his name. Pro <laughs> Prochorus. That's what I would go with. Yeah. Okay. And um, and Nicanor, which pause. I've never heard this name, but I'm loving it. It reminds me of like a Viking name or something. <laughs> I love Nicanor. He's great. Okay. So Procurious and Nicanor and are we going with Timon? Timon? Uh, you know, my 90s kid wants to call him Timon, obviously. Let's, let's call him Timon. <laughs> and um, Parmenaeus and Nick, Nico, Niklaus. Nico, Klaus. Nicholas, Nicholas, maybe? Butchering these names, guys. Well, we'll hear about it from Home in Heaven one day. <laughs> They're going to be like, seriously? <laughs> Seriously, that's how you pronounce it in front of all of your podcast peeps. And I'm going to be like, I did the best I could. I'm so I'm sorry. so sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Niklaus, a proselyte of Antioch. Ashley, do you have anything? Yeah. Uh, well, you want to go ahead and read verse six, and then yeah. we can kind of go over all of that. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, these they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. Yeah, so this is the birth of the deacons. So if you um, if you are a part of a church, you probably know that there's a group of men in the church who are called the deacons. And, you know, their primary task is um, to take care. I mean, they take care of widows. They they're set apart. They do those types of things. They're their church leadership, if you will. Um, and so this this passage gives us information about what they should be like. They should be men. Um, they should be of good reputation, meaning um, setting an example for godliness. They should be full of the spirit and completely yielded to God. And there should be marked with wisdom. Um, and I'll be honest, when growing up in the church, I kind of always had a faulty kind of picture of what the deacons were for I just was like okay well they pass around the offering plate right and mm. they pray um and then when my dad became ordained in into the ministry and really and as a deacon and then again as a minister and I experienced this um moment of standing before and being prayed and laid hands on um it's it's definitely, there's a commission there, right? And um, into the ministry. And so it's, it's kind of, I, don't, I can't think of, it's, it's just this holy moment, right? Of, mm -hmm. of understanding this task. And so um, I think it's something that we can't just kind of go over and say, okay, cool. That's what deacons are, but really understanding what their role is in the church and then also one thing just to point out is that all of the men who were selected um, had Greek names. So this is a plot implying that these were all Hellenistic Jews. Mm. So something just to kind of um, point that out that, you know, maybe they, maybe they chose those kinds of men, those, the Hellenistic men in order to um, kind of really compromise and address this conflict in a way that they didn't just sweep it under the rug, right? right? They dealt with it head on. They listened to the concerns and, you know, out of that, because of this division, 
we have something that even today we have deacons serving in churches, taking care of widows and taking care of, of church, you know, being involved in those kinds of things. And so I think it's such a good way to see that if we can handle conflict and we can handle division appropriately, mm-hmm. it can have lasting, lasting benefits. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, that's such a good, um, I love that you pointed that out. I didn't even think about that, but it does, it, it kind of, I think this is just a really good, like Holy Spirit inspired leadership moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to, like you said, Ashley, for the, for the 12 to realize, okay, like this group of our congregation is feeling unseen, unnoticed, and them having the humility to say, (laughs) like, okay, we don't, like, we don't feel called to be, to, you know, we don't have the calling to address this in the way that it needs to be addressed. So through prayer and through a corporate gathering and, and corporate listening to the congregation, these men were selected in a process that was not just, okay, let's just, let's just put some people over this problem, you know, to put a bandaid over it, but like, let's actually seek, seek the spirit, you know, and, and, and have the spirit guide us and raise up people that can speak into this specific need and this specific context even. Um, and, and how just, how how different ahead. is that from how I love that you pointed out the humility part of that because I can think of multiple occasions in my life when I've been approached with a problem and my instant my instant reaction is to try to fix it to say oh I can do that I can do that right. I can right. I can help with that too and I think it's this is a really good learning moment to say okay you don't always have to be front and center in the actually, um, you know, the physical, like doing things right. to be a part of the solution. And when you do that, and when you get spread too thin, you don't do your task, your mission well. Yeah, that's so true. I love this. And I mean, like this kind of stuff is useful for the church, but like if you're listening to this and you have a business or I don't mm-hmm. know, just like any sort of like nonprofit organization. I feel like what a great teaching up tool that this is of like just how to lead well. Right. I love that. Um, so finishing up in verse seven, it says, and the word of God continued to increase mm. and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And I, that just goes back. I mean, I, I think, what did I write in my journal this morning when I was reading this? I, I said, despite human imperfection and worldly oppression, the spirit still moved and grew the church. Mm. Um, and I just love that, um, you know, because this could have been a moment where the church split, people didn't get along, and 
the Holy Spirit was quenched, was squashed, you know, Mm. like it could have been a really big moment of pride, pain, and just a huge blow up. But right, because you've seen, or you hear about churches who split because they can't decide on a paint or a pew color, much (laughs) less one group's group of, of the most vulnerable who are not being taken care of. Right. I mean, this very well could have gone haywire, you know? Yeah. But I just, it's like, praise God. Like, praise God that the Holy Spirit works despite our shortcomings. Mm -hmm. Um, And even, you know, outside circumstances. Because, I mean, this moment is blanketed with, like, immense oppression and persecution of, Jews and the church because I mean the Jews are still being oppressed by the Roman Empire at this point and then you add on you know now Messianic like Jews who are believing that Jesus is the Messiah are now being oppressed by and being persecuted by their own religious leaders right so it's like there's so much going on here but God is still on the move and God is still going to further his church. Let, and and if only we are people who are submitted to him in humility and submitted Mm -hmm. to each other in humility. I think that's like such a huge takeaway for me from this, um, this passage is like, I don't want to be a person that stands in the way of God furthering his church Mm. you know Um, and it's not going to come naturally right like it's going to have to be (laughs) a process of me being like okay Lord I daily submit to you I hourly submit to you Um, but wow like what a great result that the number continued to increase and not only that it, it he makes a point to mention that priests were even um, yeah. coming to know the Lord. And so, like, even within the temple walls, there are some priests who are saying, whoa, whoa hold on. Wait a second. Yeah. You know, and coming to faith. I love that. I know. I love that so much because I think sometimes it gets disheartening, especially as believers, whenever we see people – in authority place in like places of authority. I don't know. Sometimes it just feels like they are how they are. They're, they're set in stone. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. But yeah. It's like, man, if we just faithfully pray over, you know, those people, um, like no one is too far for God to reach. Amen. You know? And I just, that's like such a sweet conviction. Um, to me, and this might be like a really silly application, but I just got done reading um, a book that a famous person wrote, and it was kind of like an um, an autobiography of her life, and she's also married to a famous person. <clears throat> but she tells her story, and there, and as I was reading this, I was just like, "Man, Lord, like I never pray for my favorite actors and actresses." You know, like, I just always, I consume what they make, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I I could, I'm tempted to gossip about them whenever I'm like, oh my gosh, did you hear that so-and-so 
broke up with so-and-so or whatever. But <laughs> it's like they're real people going through real things who may or may not know the Lord. And wow, like what would happen if we were prayerful for our favorite people that we watch on TV, you know? Mm. Um, I don't know. That might be like a really silly application, but it's just something that like, God has put on my heart just to kind of start making a list of people who are not believers that are in the world of Hollywood and just being prayerful over them because they have such a great influence. Just like these priests, they had influence and authority. Um, And like, wow, can you imagine what it would look like if we just saw people like that come to know the Lord and just like, the testimony and the witness that they would have in the world. Well, and, and not even just like our favorites, Abby, but like, I'm thinking about, you know, we have an entire generation right now who is being raised up on YouTube and by influencers mm. wow. and, yeah. and praying specifically for those people. Like I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you a YouTube influencer if they walked up next to me and said, hi, but mm-hmm. I know kids and yeah. teenagers who make decisions in their own lives based on what these people on the internet say. And so, yeah, making it a point to know who they are and to pray specifically for them. Um, well, and even like inviting, mm. like if you're in a place where you have children and they're watching a certain YouTuber, or um, I know that Ashley, I used to work in the school as well, but Ashley, you work in a school, like, and you have relationship with, um, like, kiddos there, and just, like, mm-hmm. being a listener to what, you know, the younger generation is consuming, and inviting them to pray, like, with you, making disciples in that specific you know, cultural context that they're living in. Right. I think that that is such a great point. You're so smart. Uh, I don't know about that, but <laughs> we I make know. a team. That's for sure. <laughs> I think you're very smart. Um, well, that's, that's kind of the end of our um, passage, I guess, for today. Yeah. It was a much happier one than next week's going to (laughs) be. I know. I know. That's like, it's the good part of the word and also the hard part. It's like the Bible does not shy away from hard circumstances and like Mm. reporting on hard circumstances. But man, it's not always fluffy. And sometimes, (laughs) sometimes I know that you're. It's easier to consume the fluffy, but that's okay. God will give us the hearts and the grace and the minds to receive next week. But for this week, for this week, (laughs) um, Ashley, is there a specific verse that stood out to you for us to just really focus on this week? Well, I'm looking at it and I was looking at um, kind of what I had highlighted as we read through it before together. (laughs) let's see I mean the verse seven yeah you know just a reminder to us that when we stay faithful to our mission and when we work together with believers and not against them this you know 
that God can use us to be a part of this. I love that. Okay, perfect. I love it. So verse seven is what we're going to be writing and just really focusing in on. For sure. Love it. Well, we haven't done this before. I don't know why we haven't, but I was just going to pray us out really quick. Yes. Love it. Yes, yes, yes. Lord, thank you so much for your word, God, and just Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence. Um, And Jesus, thank you for your life and just your your humility that shows us and gives us the power to be humble as well. We couldn't do any part of this life without you, Lord. And so we just thank you for all of who you are and for being with us in in this moment as we come to your word eager and hungry to know more about you and to know more about how, you know, we can respond um, to that as your disciples. Um, God, I just pray over the week, um, the week ahead for Ashley and for myself and for all of the people listening to this podcast. God, would you highlight um, areas in our life that we um that we're invited into, um, I guess, invited into to be humble, God, if that makes sense. Um, show us areas where the enemy is attempting division, but God, give us the power and the strength to be humble. And Lord, I pray that out of that, God, more people will come to know you. More people will come to know the love of Jesus for them, God, more people would come to know that there's a different way to do life, a way that's not all um, left up to us, God, a way that brings unity and not division, God, that brings hope and not um, not a lack of joy, Lord. Um, yeah, and I just pray all of this in your name, Jesus, and through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.